0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the last episode in our first series on American history. Uh, my name is Dylan Shear, and I'll be your host for Dang Dude What the Heck. What the Heck Happened to America, the greatest podcast in American history. Today is our episode on the 2000s and beyond, right, sort of up to the present, uh, sort of completing our, our little trip through American history from the end of the Civil War to today, right, Reconstruction to today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll talk a little bit uh what the future for the podcast is at the end, uh, but for now, let's just get started. Okay, so uh, we're looking at a couple of things today. We'll look at the war on terror, uh, Bush 2, baby Bush at home, uh, President Obama, and then we'll go through President Trump, and then maybe just a little bit on President Biden. So some big questions here today. What were the goals of the war on terror? Who designed this plan? In what ways did Obama's terms in office differ from Bush's? In what ways were they similar? And then uh, sort of ideas of Perhaps where where would U.S. politics go from here? So our individuals for today, our little biographies here are Charles and David Koch, C-O-C-H spelled that way. The Koch brothers, uh, more famously known as that. Uh, they are conservative billionaires who have helped fund many conservative candidates over the last few decades. Uh, The Koch brothers made their money out of their company, Koch Industries, which is the second largest privately owned business in the world. Uh, They've used their wealth to help fund groups like the Americans for Prosperity and other conservative political groups Uh, funded candidates like Scott Walker the former Republican of Wisconsin who helped destroy union rights in Wisconsin they also helped pass similar anti-union laws in places like Michigan and Ohio where a big part of Trump's 2016 win one of the big reasons they are able to do all of this is because of the Citizens United Supreme Court ruling which allowed for the creation of PACs and Super PACs political actions committees basically these are groups um, that can spend Unlimited amounts of money on political campaigns, and they can hide, or at least you know for a while, hide who their donations are from. Uh, Citizens United basically said that uh, caps on sort of spent political spending were unconstitutional because of free speech. Basically, uh, this is also the one that said corporations are not people and allowed corporations to make political donations. Uh, The Americans for Progress, their Koch brothers, big groups. In twenty eighteen, at one hundred twenty five thousand people on the ground in Wisconsin, three million members across the country, and five hundred paid staffers. That's huge. For a political group, right, paid for by the Koch brothers, and especially huge for an organization not run by a presidential candidate. The Koch brothers have also supported anti-abortion stuff, anti-affordable care act, anti-climate change legislation, and pro-tax cut candidates across the United States, right? So they're a big, big, big funder whenever Republicans or conservatives run for office. Uh, you, If they want a lot of money, they gotta go to the Coke Bros, basically. So these two brothers have really had a huge hand in what 2000s politics have looked like just because they're really rich. All right, let's start back a little ways. Uh, we're gonna look at sort of the defining, one of the defining events of the 2000s, which are the 9 11 attacks. Before September 11th happened, on two thousand one, uh, the Bush was sort of flailing in popularity. He had passed a billion dollar tax cut, but had still lost control of the Senate. No one really liked what he was doing. Right, sort of this thought he was some random loser. But then on September eleventh, two thousand and one, uh, two planes hit the World Trade Center uh, towers in New York City, and a third plane hit the Pentagon. There was a fourth plane. Uh, Passengers, however, took control of that plane and crashed it into a field in Pennsylvania. In total, more than 3,000 people died in the attacks. This attack was masterminded by Osama bin Laden and his Al-Qaeda terrorist network. The country was sort of stunned by the attack. Uh, You see violent attacks and prejudice against Muslims sweeping the U.S. in the wake of the attack. Al Qaeda had been centered in Afghanistan, uh, where they worked with the help of the Taliban. Al Qaeda's stated goals were to get rid of, were to rid the Middle East and eventually the world of Western American influence. They were a lot of people had been radicalized by in Al Qaeda and the Taliban by U.S. and USSR involvement in Afghanistan and the Middle East and the destruction uh, these countries had caused there, sort of radicalizing a lot of people. Uh, U.S. policies uh, with regards to Israel were another point of contention for many of these people. It wasn't just Al-Qaeda involved in these attacks. There's ma- massive amounts of evidence, including from the U.S., that Saudi Arabia was largely involved in these attacks as well. The 2004 report about from the 9-11 Commission said that a lot of Al-Qaeda's funding came from Saudi Arabia and that 15 of the 19 terrorists were Saudi Arabia were from Saudi Arabia, but that no government officials were involved in the planning. Uh, despite that, sort the of U.S. continues to have good relations with Saudi Arabia. So in the wake of 9-11, uh, the U.S. invaded Afghanistan. Uh, the U.S. saw a tremendous outpouring of international sympathy as a result of these attacks, And so formed an international coalition in October 2001, weeks after 9-11, and invaded Afghanistan, hoping to drive uh, the Taliban and al-Qaeda out of power. The Taliban was driven out of power in about two months in Afghanistan. Uh, However, much of uh, bin Laden and the al-Qaeda network fled to nearby Pakistan. And then U.S. forces remained in Afghanistan until 2021 when they withdrew, right? So they were able to take the Taliban out of power, but sort of reforming and restructuring a government, or at least the government that the U.S. wanted uh, and thought would be good for them, took a lot longer and never really happened. Uh, when the U.S. left, the Taliban took repower in the midst of that withdrawal. It became the longest war in U.S. history and cost about 2.313 trillion dollars, a huge amount of money. It wasn't just Afghanistan uh, that happened after 9-11. The U.S. also sort of began uh, what it called the war on terror, right? Uh, Bush uh, sort of expanded this around the globe. Uh, There were many critics of this, mainly from the left, arguing that this war on terror would be a never-ending war with sort of undefinable goals uh, and would most likely increase terrorism. Uh, not decrease it. Uh, That seems to have basically occurred... Uh, but these critics were largely ignored at the time, right? You remember in the 2000s, it was an awful, awful time for anybody seen as being on the left at all or anti-war at all. You're seen as being anti-American, all this horrible stuff. There's really no room for criticism of the United States in the wake of 9-11. Bush developed what was called his Bush Doctrine, uh, which declared that the U.S. had a right to launch a preemptive war against any nation that may one day threaten the U.S. That is on its face- Batshit insane, right? Uh, just saying, oh, the, this country may one day attack us, so we have the right to attack them now before anything has even happened. That's just a horrible way to do anything. But this was sort of widely lauded at the time, really appreciated, and all critics of it were basically ignored. As part of this war on terror, uh, Bush established bases in Central Asia and the Philippines and also reached out to countries like India and Pakistan to try to form alliances. This war on terror also had had domestic effects, right? It wasn't just an international thing. Bush expanded U.S. intelligence. Intelligence forces, not only in personnel, but in their remit, what they could do in the wake of 9 11, formed the cabinet level position, Department of Homeland Security, created the position of Director of National Intelligence in 2005 to direct all of the intelligence forces, and then increased budgets for military and intelligence uh, around the sort of board, right? Across the board. You also see private companies like uh, airports uh, with federal help in creating additional checkpoints and security measures throughout the country. though These are sort of largely now seen as security theater, right? They don't do that much. Uh, They just sort of make people feel safe rather than actually keeping people safe. Uh, Bush also cut taxes despite raising spending and cut social programs in the name of funding the War on Terror, right? So to fight this sort of undefinable war against unknowable enemies, uh, real people here at home lost a lot of money you also see the passage of the patriot act which allowed for increased federal government monitoring and action against us citizens invasions of people private people's privacy uh allowed for increased surveillance and information gathering of innocent americans right Sure. So we had we're supposed to have these constitutional protections against you know unlawful searches all this sort of stuff and the patriot act sort of overrides those in a lot of way it also heavily increased the policing and surveillance of muslims uh the Muslim community in the United States, the Islamic community in the United States, young you see young children being placed under surveillance by the FBI and other intelligence organizations, putting them into these sort of intelligent systems, which can ruin careers and lives for absolutely no reason. A sort of increased anti-Muslim hatred across the United States. Uh, the U.S. continued to be... In the Middle East, expanding uh, their actions there outside of Afghanistan, sort of this was pushed forward by neoconservatives like Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney, and on their sort of advice and behest, Bush invaded Iraq on March 19th, 2003. This really destroyed the intentional goodwill the U.S. had, re- sorry, the international goodwill the U.S. had received in the wake of the 9/11 attacks. Right? There's no direct link between Iraq. And 9/11, It was justified in the United States. People like Cheney and Rumsfeld claim that Iraq had a number of quote-unquote weapons of mass destruction that they could use on the United States. Since been proved to be completely false, and depending on your reading of how this information was delivered, just an absolute lie. Uh, Cheney made a lot of money during this. Cheney worked for Halliburton, uh, and Halliburton got a lot of contracts during his time in office. Uh, The People like Cheney and Rumsfeld also argued that Iraq had helped fund al-Qaeda, which has also never been proven. Well, it hasn't proven that Saudi Arabia uh, funded al-Qaeda. In Iraq and also in Afghanistan, the U.S. began to support a process they called, quote-unquote, regime change. This was the idea that the U.S. military could turn countries into pro-U.S. democracies. Sort of an extension of what the CIA had been doing uh, since the fifties and sixties, right Operation Ajax you know in Vietnam and Korea all this sort of stuff uh, didn't work there and it didn't work in Iraq uh, in two thousand and three December two thousand and three u s forces ousted Saddam Hussein from power, stayed in the country for another eight years, attempting to quell you know people fighting back against that. Uh, The main bulk of U.S. forces left in December of 2011, though it wasn't until December of 2021 that U.S. forces would end the combat mission, and troops still remain in Iraq to this day. Uh, In April 2004, it came to light that the U.S. was torturing people in Abu Ghraib, an Iraqi prison. Rape, sexual, and physical abuse also rampant against the prisoners. Americans uh, doing this to the people in prison there. Bush government had endorsed using torture against suspects in the war on terror. Uh, They called it, they didn't call it torture, of course, they called it enhanced interrogation techniques. The legal theories behind this, right? They needed sort of, you know, illegal backing despite it being mostly bs was pushed by john yu who's currently a professor at uc berkeley uh the u.s also was beginning to bring prisoners to guantanamo bay a military prison in cuba guantanamo bay had been opened in 2002 right, you remember guantanamo bay is sort of this land in cuba that the u.s keeps control of uh the u.s government argued that this prison existed outside of international law So a nice little legal fiction, allowing them to keep prisoners there indefinitely without charging them with any crimes. Prisoners are tortured there, constantly uh, not brought to trial. Many presidents since Bush have promised to close it, but so far it is still open and in use as a prison. Bush also had scandals at home, many corporate scandals as well that happened under him, right? Reflected poorly on Bush. He might not necessarily be involved directly in them, but certainly put policies in place that allowed them to happen. Uh, many, Enron was the big one, right? December 2001, Enron Corporation, and an energy company, declared bankruptcy. 20,000 people lost their jobs and pensions, while executives got out with a lot of money. Uh, Bush was close friends with many of Enron's leaders. Also, companies like Halliburton and Arthur Anderson came under investigation as well for shoddy reporting things and other sort of illegal practices. In the 2004 election, however, uh, Bush sort of rode out these scandals, uh, riding high uh, from the war on terror and sort of big approval ratings, uh, went to an easy victory over Kerry, uh, John Kerry. John Kerry was a Massachusetts senator until 2013 when he became the Secretary of State, married into the Heinz ketchup fortune. That's how I got a lot of money. Sort of the big thing coming out of this campaign were the Swift Boat ads about Kerry, sort of casting doubt on Kerry's military service. They were all conspiracy theories, Uh, But embraced by many on the right as sort of being true. Bush's second term. uh, Bush also had to deal with Hurricane Katrina during his time in office. Katrina, Hurricane Katrina was this huge hurricane that wreaked havoc on the Gulf Coast, especially Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, and New Orleans. Broke the levees in New Orleans that were supposed to keep back the water. Much of the city was flooded. Uh, City, state, and federal government were all sort of woefully unprepared up and down the chain for this disaster due to a lack of money, right? Budget cuts for helping fund the things on war and terror, right? Had cut money from disaster services. Bush himself waited days to respond after this. Uh, Finally, even after he did respond, right, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, sort of was impeding and slowing down, Uh, the relief efforts just because they took so long to get involved. Uh, You see black residents being disproportionately affected by the damage of Katrina, right? Losing lots of money, losing houses around 1900 people lost their lives. Millions more sort of suffered physically and economically from these attacks from this, from this uh, destruction. Uh, Moving forward a little bit, you also get the 2008 financial crisis, which really put the nail in the coffin of Bush's presidency uh, the 2008 financial crisis has its roots in 1999 when the Glass-Steagall Act, which was a Great Depression law regulating banks, was overturned under Clinton. Uh, basically, the, re- the repeal of Glass-Steagall allowed banks to involve themselves in riskier financial speculation. Uh, in the short term, uh, they became, they got a lot of money, but in the long term, it really screwed them over. You see many banks and financial institutions begin to offer housing loans and mortgage Mortgages to very unqualified buyers at really misleading rates, right? So, uh, really, really low early rates and then ballooning huge rates a couple of years later. People could start not being able to pay back uh, these mortgages and these loans. And along with that, the debt had been financialized, right? And then basically sold to other people. Um, And this led to an economic crisis known as the Great Recession. Uh, which spread to Europe as well. The Great Recession, Bush tried to stop it. Uh, He passed a bank bailout in October 2008, giving $750 billion to try and ease the credit crunch. Didn't work, and the Great Recession took hold. Remember, this money is going to the banks, not to the people who were hurt by the bank's actions, right? So sort of banks making a lot of money, and then getting more from the government. Uh, You see unemployment staying at just under 10% throughout this time, but the housing market and stock markets were staying low. Many people lost their jobs, lost their pensions and retirement savings, and really no bailout was offered to them. Some economists uh, still argue that we haven't really recovered from the Great Recession, that sort of the gains, the change in the unemployment market are not those new jobs do not equal anything near what jobs been before the Great Recession. President Obama comes into the picture around 2008. Uh, he actually had, people don't remember this, a really slow start in the primaries, uh, but eventually beat out Hillary Clinton, uh, became the first black presidential nominee of a major party in 2008, ran on these ideas of hope and change, even though his platform was sort of largely a centrist one, right? Remember he promised in this famous speech to create a purple America, uh, combining the red and blue, he beat out John McCain, uh, who was a longtime senator from Arizona, uh, running with Sarah Palin. Republicans, as a result of the recession, really would have had no chance of winning, no matter who they had elected. Uh, but Obama really won handily, won the popular vote by about seven million voters. Came into office with huge majorities in both the House and the Senate. I'll get what a broad first or sort of international stuff from Obama. Uh, he drew down troops in Iraq. Uh, Though some still remain in place to this day. You also see the rise of ISIS, ISIL, uh, beginning in Iraq during this time, uh, which the U.S. began fighting, though this was mostly through more covert means uh, and drone attacks as well. Also ordered the assassination of Osama bin Laden, done on May 2nd, 2011. Uh, Renewed the Patriot Act. Right. And, and continued operations in Guantanamo Bay and also increased deportations of illegal immigrants, quote unquote, illegal immigrants during his time in office. Uh, there's some stuff at home as well. Right. One of the big things uh, Obama signed was the Health Care Act or the, the first big health care reform since Clinton's attempt at doing it, uh, despite having a filibuster proof majority in the Senate. Obama watered down his original proposal in order to get Republican support, which never came, uh, right? The original proposal included sort of single-payer stuff. It was a lot more dramatic, but Obama was always really this, like, centrist guy who wanted to, you know, get both sides, not just push anything through, uh, and so watered it down to try to help get Republican votes, Those so votes never came, and so he got this watered down version of the bill. Uh, the ACA, right, uh, was signed on March 23rd, 2010. And it did extend healthcare and health insurance to around 40 million people, required companies, health insurance companies, to cover pre existing conditions, Then also created a national market for health insurance, among other things. It's one of the biggest liberal accomplishments since the New Deal, though many people argue that much more work is needed to be done in healthcare, right? It's still massively expensive in the United States, and uh, still so really hard to get for a lot of people. Uh, conservatives have looked to roll it back since its creation. Under Obama, you also see a continued increase in the wealth gap. Uh, Obama's recovery plan for the Great Recession included passing a stimulus bill in 2010. Uh, It included regulating the banks a little bit, but nowhere near uh, the Glass-Steagall regulations. You also see uh, sort of, you don't know, direct like payments to people hurt by this and just a lot of money for banks instead. Uh, The economy has continued to grow since 2010, but that growth has been really uneven. Uh, Stock market has grown, unemployment is rising, uh, and unemployment is falling, but many of those jobs do not pay well and do not have benefits. And stock market price rises have generally favored the already wealthy, right? Poor people can't really buy into the stock market or at least can't buy the stocks that are going up. You also see the ballooning of the student loan crisis, Uh, with many Americans, young Americans especially, unable to buy homes or save for retirement due to massive uh, student loan payments they have to make every month. Obama got a lot of backlash, both from the right and the left. Let's talk about the right backlash first. On uh, this right, backlash was funded by conservative billionaires like the Koch brothers, the Tea Party Republicans, uh, who began running for office in 2010. And right, as sort of a result of this Koch brother funding, these Tea Party Republicans, the Democrats lost thousands of seats nationwide, especially at the state and local levels. They lost the House in the 2010 midterms. You see Citizens United, allowing for a lot more money to enter political races. And while the Tea Party moniker has sort of fallen out of style, their ideas really remain a core of the post-2010 Republican Party. You also see uh, the political left opposing Obama's policies. Occupy Wall Street began in 2011, September 2011, uh, protesting the bailouts of banks and other Obama economic policies, uh, was centered in Zuccotti Park next to Wall Street, right? You see all these banks getting all these bailouts, but no individuals who lost their jobs, lost their homes getting any sort of help from the government. And the Occupy encampments were to spread across the country. This, I, The phrase, you know, we are the 99% came out of this movement. Occupy Wall Street never really, uh, you know, advocated for specific changes. Uh, the movement died down after it was violently broken up by the police. But it did show how much frustration there was with the Democratic Party, as well as this increasing wealth gap. And Obama's second term, 2012, um, 2012, Uh, Obama, despite sort of these pressures from the left and the right, Obama fairly easily beat out Mitt Romney. Reportedly at the time, Bernie Sanders tried to convince Elizabeth Warren to primary Obama, uh, but she didn't. Romney uh, was the former governor of Utah uh, and is now a senator from Utah. He was the first Mormon to run as a presidential candidate of a major political party. Uh, Obama actually won without winning the majority of white votes in the country, which was a political first at the time. So, some sort of bigger things going on in the 2000s. You see the legalization of gay marriage in the United States, especially since 2004. Some states had begun legalizing gay marriage. LGBTQ people have been getting married for years, but didn't weren't receiving the same legal status and the same marriage benefits as straight married couples. On June twenty six, two thousand fifteen, the Supreme Court ruled in Obergefell versus Hedges that gay marriage was constitutionally protected. Um, however, at that time, gay marriage was not explicitly protected in many states by law, uh, nor was there a federal law protecting gay marriage until recently. Right now, there now is, but you still see many Republicans like Ted Cruz arguing that Obergefell should be overturned by the Supreme Court, just as they overturned Roe v. Wade. You'll see even more increased political polarization. There's sort of several factors leading to this, especially in 2016, post-2016. Internet, social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ideologically driven news sites have all sort of created this maelstrom of oftentimes just made up facts, false controversies, political ill will. You see racism playing a huge role in this as well with many white supremacist groups seeing their numbers rise in the wake of Obama's election. There's increased money in politics, allowing for rich Americans to make their voices heard even louder than everybody else. Uh, and tied to this polarization, it's not just sort of talking, right? There's also increased racialized violence across the United States. In 2013, you see George Zimmerman uh, killed Trayvon Martin, this unarmed black teenager. Protest emerged across the country after Zimmerman was acquitted. And then 2014, police killed Michael Brown, Walter Scott, John Crawford III, Eric Garner, and others across the United States, all of these killings uh, led to massive protests, especially in Ferguson, uh, and the creation of the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Supporters called for the removal of Confederate imagery in the South, the defunding of police departments across the country, and you still see sort of Black Lives Matter signs today, even if some of the activist pressures behind it have died down. You also see white supremacist attacks continuing in the United States, on June 17, 2015, Dylan Roof killed nine people in downtown Charleston. Roof was a white supremacist, uh, and his the, the murder that he did sparked the removal of Confederate monuments in the South. Other attacks happened as well. 2017, James Alex Fields Jr., a neo-Nazi, struck and killed Heather Hare in Charlottesville. Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed two protesters in 2020 and was acquitted. Other white supremacist attacks have occurred across the country, as well as continued shootings of suspects and innocent people by police throughout the nation. Kyle Rittenhouse is not a avowed white supremacist. I should say that for getting sued reasons. Uh, but there are some of his ideas that jibe with what white supremacists also say. Uh, there's also been a rise of hate groups in the United States. Uh, since 2015, anti-Muslim hate groups have increased 2, 200% in the United States. You also see the KKK and White Power groups increasing in size, number, and funding. Groups like the Proud Boys have begun organizing out in the open as well. And many have used many of these groups have used the internet to increase awareness of their actions and claims Uh A significant part of the January 6th insurrection attempt. Uh, So the 26th election, 2016 election, Clinton uh, sort of beat out and run by Bernie Sanders and became the Democratic nominee. Donald Trump used fame and fortune, fame and his personal money to help capture the Republican nomination, to claim the Republican nomination. Clinton ran on a platform that was sort of largely a continuation of Obama era policies, right, really centrist stuff. Trump ran an outsider campaign focusing on the border wall with Mexico, ending ending Obamacare, and sort of vaguely defined conservative political and economic reforms, you know, drain the swamp, whatever that meant. Promised to make America great again, right? That was his whole thing. Trump really seemed to capture the attention uh, of a broad swath of voters who were sick of politics as usual. He used racist... Rhetoric, nationalist rhetoric, uh, received lots of support from white power groups across the country, received massive amounts of airtimes. If you remember 2016, Trump was just everywhere on TV. He couldn't be avoided. Clinton uh, in the 2016 election won the popular vote, but Trump won the Electoral College Uh, Narrowly beating out Clinton in states like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, which had seen much of their manufacturing base destroyed by policies like NAFTA and continuations under Obama, Clinton also didn't go to Wisconsin or Michigan and campaign there, which was a mistake. Uh, Trump's presidency at the beginning, right? Trump attempted to halt travel from several Middle Eastern countries, sparking these massive protests across the United States, including here. Uh, in the U.S., especially at O'Hare. Some of those bans were eventually upheld, but not all of them. Uh, He failed to repeal the ACA, though was able to end parts of it. Uh, You see the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell prevented Obama from appointing a Supreme Court judge for over a year, uh, and Trump appointed Neil Gorsuch to the vacancy after his election. Trump also appointed Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. As well, after uh, Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, was being asked to retire while Obama was president but didn't because she wanted to be replaced by Hillary Clinton, and then when Hillary Clinton lost... Uh, she died during Trump's presidency, um, and so then there's now a very solid six three conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Uh, twenty twenty elections are really speeding through all of this here, but right, this is very recent history. Much more still for political scientists and sociologists. Uh, the twenty twenty elections, uh, Joe Biden beat out Trump narrowly, gaining sort of majority in the Senate as well, largely due to the results of COVID and the economic downturn coming out of COVID. Biden uh, beat out Bernie Sanders for the nomination. Bernie Sanders was actually winning the nomination for a while. Biden was coming in third basically everywhere. Um, But then uh, right before Super Tuesday, a bunch of challengers dropped out, uh, allowing Biden to emerge as the sole contender. Uh, It's come to light since then that Obama basically called a lot of people, including like Buttigieg, other guys being like, hey, drop out and Biden will give you a spot in the cabinet. And that's what happened. Um, due to regulations around the counting of mail-in ballots in this election, a number of states were not able to announce the winners on election night. Trump immediately claimed that there was a number of problems with the election that had been stolen from him. Uh, on January 6th, 2021, when Congress was certifying their election results, right, which had shown that Biden had won, uh, pro-Trump supporters attacked the Capitol building, pushing back police and entering the Capitol. Uh, this was an insurrection attempt. I would claim, I'll bet poorly planned, to try to keep Trump in power. Uh, it failed and is currently being investigated. Many people are in jail and have been found guilty of this already from these investigations. And it's clear that a number of sitting congresspeople and White House officials were aware of the plans for this insurrection and encouraged and aided it in a number of ways. Yet to be seen if there'll be any punishments for those sitting Congress people, but there are punishments for the people who were there. So some conclusions here. Um, we've it's clear that there's sort of a growing unrest in the U.S. over political over the political landscape. Right, you see a growing uh, wealth gap, creating more and more people who can no longer afford a middle-class lifestyle. Unrest over environmental problems, racism, sexism, and other issues continues to grow. And it's really unclear how the U.S. will move forward from this as polarization continues to grow and the right becomes more and more extreme in their tactics. Uh, So I just want to thank everybody for sitting through with me on this journey through uh, this sort of second half, quote-unquote, of the United States history. I'm currently working on writing up the episodes for the first half. It takes a little bit to do all this stuff, so this might be the last episode for a while. But I really hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Some final thoughts. I know I sort of bring a very downer perspective to this, uh, based based in fact, and I think an important reading on the history of the United States. But I do want to call to the attention that there are people, you know, in the U.S. who are doing good things, helping out people you know, the Club From Nowhere, uh, all these other, Rosa Parks, people like that, all these other groups who I've talked about are, are fighting for good stuff in the United States, and there always are people fighting for good things, and it's important to remember that uh, people continue to fight even in the face of massive repression from other groups. All right, um, that's it, and have a great rest of your day.